fellow adventurers, I'm Josie Thompson and welcome to the You Can Shine podcast where I explore real stories of real people just like you and I who have faced adversities and trials and won. Today I'm here with Liv Marriott. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. I met Liv a few years ago through a mutual friend and my life has never quite been the same again. She brings a sense of sanity, pragmatism, and essential support services to Josie Thompson Enterprises as my virtual assistant. She also helped me out when I was recovering from another significant health challenge recently by providing essential oils that supplemented my healing agenda. Liv is a wellness advocate, virtual assistant, and social media guru. She is passionate about travel, helping vulnerable women and children through charities like Watoto and Days for Girls. And she's a fun and adventure loving woman. Welcome, Liv. Thank you, Josie. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So, Liv, I've done a rundown on some of the career highlights of your life. Tell us your real story. What's the story of the woman who is Liv Marriott? What are some of the formative experiences that have shaped your life? Well, I guess there's a, quite a number of them. Uh, I grew up in a small country town and I think that's quite an integral part of my story as far as the way that you grow up out, out on a farm is pretty unique and different than what a lot of people, I guess, experience in uh, yeah, their normal everyday life. So I definitely grew up um, a little bit different than most kids, you know, working on the farm and surrounded by a family and, and everything like that. And I absolutely loved it. Um, moving forward a little bit, we moved to Queensland. So we sold the farm and moved. So it was a big interstate move. And yeah, that was a pretty big life change for me as well. So Liv, what, what do you think is the biggest difference between someone that's raised and brought up on a, a you know, a country farm versus a city slicker? <laughs> well, I think it's just a completely different lifestyle, you know. I mean, when I grew up, it was kind of before the days where we were all on, you know, playstations and xboxes and things like that all the time I mean that's more so now but back in in my day <laughs> they were kind of only just becoming popular so we really spent a lot of time outside we worked um, not because we had to work but because we really loved working on the farm you know learning to drive at 10 or something <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, yeah we just had quite a I guess grounded upbringing and I think one of the qu quite unique parts about it was the fact that we lived on the farm with family so I had my cousins literally next door so we grew up together it was like this cool little tribe of Marriott's right okay and it sounds like it was it was hands-on it was all in yeah absolutely so working on the farm obviously was my first job so I think doing that kind of instilled quite a good work ethic in me because you know working is just what we did we had to kind of pull our weight in a way 
but also we really enjoyed it. So I think for me, it showed me that working could be a bit of fun as well. Mm. So you've, you clearly attained a very high work ethic from a very young age and then you moved to the city. So mm-hmm. how, did the, how did the story unfold there? Where, where was your first trial? Yeah, so for me, I moved at 15. So that's how old I was. And it was tough because I'd gone from having that super close community and, you know, being in a small town, we knew everyone and we were very involved in sporting clubs and church as well and lots of different things. So we literally knew everyone. Uh, And, you know, I went to school with my cousins and we really didn't have to try very hard to make friends because they were just there. We knew everyone already. Mm. So moving (laughs) and stepping away from that completely was tough. And I struggled because I'm very naturally introverted Mm. and a little bit creative too. And and also I was like a, a weird country kid, you know, like I was out of out of my debts a little bit being in the mm. city and yeah a completely different way of life mm. okay so now you find yourself in the city and mm-hmm. the tribe's not immediately within reach yeah. and you're finding your way in a, in a brand new world yeah it was tough uh one thing that was quite good is we got involved in a church when we moved up to Brisbane uh, and that was awesome in a sense that you know we got that community back Mm. Uh, I made quite a few friends and yeah people were always around at our house and it was much like what it used to be back in the farm days so that was really nice so moving to the city was certainly a formative experience what was your next formative experience yeah I'd say probably the next formative experience is probably falling in love (laughs) okay let's go there yeah so I met my partner at church so through the church group he was friends with my brother uh you know somewhat he was one of the boys so they all kind of hung out together and yeah we just got together in my very early early 20s so this was your first love relationship Liv yeah absolutely so so clearly the the euphoric experience of this brand new you know whole new world again that that you've fallen yourself into so what were some of the things that that this relationship taught you it taught me a lot of things actually about myself particularly now that that relationship has ended it started out as you know, how all relationships do. It was amazing and, and I loved it and we were obsessed with each other and it was just like, I don't know, young love. But, yeah, in the end it didn't so much turn out like that. It was not an overly healthy relationship as it turns out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been on a bit of a journey since that ended. Okay, so let's talk about some of the, the, the challenges that, that you worked through mm-hmm. just did sounding like you disentangled yourself out of a, a situation there yeah absolutely the situation was incredibly toxic uh, and it really was not good for me at all I definitely lost myself in that relationship 
So like, uh, when, when, when did you realise that this relationship was toxic and perhaps not good for you? Uh, it was probably many years down the track. Um, mm. I definitely ignored a lot of the red flags that were there at the time in the very early days because, uh, I mean, in hindsight, looking back, they definitely were there, but I just ignored them. So, well, you know, let's let's be candid here. I mean, you didn't know what you didn't know. This was your first experience of a love relationship. Yeah. You threw yourself in and thought, well, okay, I'm here and I'm, I'm here to learn and grow. Um, but it was clear that there was evidence early on that you didn't realise was toxic. Yeah, and I definitely do think that it got worse as time went on as well. Um, you know, we, we kind of grew up together in a way, getting together in our very early 20s. Mm. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of growing up to do and unfortunately we weren't really growing in the same directions. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm. So what were some of the, these behaviours, I guess, that, that you were overlooking that you came to realise and recognise as toxic? Mm. So there were quite a few elements of abuse within the relationship that I really overlooked. It started out as being pretty much just verbal uh, and emotional. So you'd say things like name calling or? Yeah, and I, I used to call it word bashing. <laughs> okay. Um, so it would be just, he would rip shreds off me with his words and I just kind of took it it got to the point where I didn't didn't really fight back anymore I felt like it didn't affect me of course it did um but I just kind of ended up going a little bit numb to it do you, the, think, that, do you think that your your church background um made you more of a pacifist you know more conflict averse trying to keep the peace and and to keep some sort of sense or semblance of harmony yeah, absolutely. I've always been very non-confrontational. Mm. So when I was experiencing that, I kind of would just retreat within myself and yeah, let it happen. And wow. So you, you, I mean, you still had your tribe, you still had your family, your mum, dad, you know, did you talk to anyone at this time? Like what, what was going on for you? Mm. So I didn't really talk to a lot of people about it. One of the things that I did experience within this relationship was I lost a lot of my close friends mm. um, through, you know, a, a number of different things. But I think a lot of it was also because of this relationship. Mm. And I let it happen for a couple of reasons. One of the main reasons being that I guess I just didn't want other people to find out about mm. kind of what was happening behind closed doors. Sure. So, yeah, it was quite easy for me to let go of, of friendships because I was embarrassed. Mm. But also, you know, I wasn't telling anyone. I didn't really talk to my parents about it or my brothers or anyone. Mm. Um, you know, mum says now that she could kind of see some of this stuff going on, but also, you know, I, I was an adult. It was up to me to kind of decide whether I wanted to put up with that or not. Sure. And I think a lot of people find themselves live, you know, you're not unique here mm. um, in situations where they really want things to work out. They don't know what they don't know. They think that this is somehow normal, even though it doesn't feel good or feel right. And then as a consequence of, of overcompensating or tolerating we start to lose ourselves and it sounds like that's what happened to you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I found that I lost myself, I think, because I was so afraid. I ended up getting to the point where I was scared for like most of the relationship because there was this, you know, I'd be walking around on eggshells waiting for him to have some outburst again and it was exhausting. So you were afraid Um, of the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse or was there more? Uh, yeah, I was afraid of, of both of those, but then also the, I guess you would call it physical abuse as well, as far as he was a very intimidating guy, you know, he was, um, and he was also doing things that scared me as far as like, it was all these things that happened that I was normalizing, which really aren't normal and they're not okay. Things like we replaced two car windscreens while we were together because he either hit them or threw something at them um, oh, like he physically hit them yeah okay right. yeah and like punching walls and all those sorts of things that are absolutely not okay behavior but that's what was happening that must have been very very frightening for you yeah absolutely so while he wasn't hitting me he was making me very afraid like yeah. I kind of felt like is that what's going to happen next so what do you think got in the way of actually sharing it with your nearest and dearest? I mean, a lot of people that I, that I know of actually that have been in similar situations and, and very toxic or even narcissistic relationships have said to me, well, I felt, you know, afraid, I felt ashamed and I felt embarrassed, you know, and isolated. I couldn't, I wouldn't dare speak about it because I feared the implications of speaking to someone else from you know either them interfering or the partner finding out that you've had the conversation oh yeah absolutely I think the fear is definitely ingrained in you Mm. when you're going through this like you're you're afraid and then when it ends that being afraid doesn't end with it you're still worried you're still protecting them Mm. and I mean I kind of look at it as if you know, if you didn't want me to talk about any of this stuff, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. So um, I kind of have gotten to that point. Hindsight's amazing, isn't it? So, so Liv, what was the breaking point? What was the turning point for you where you finally said, enough, I deserve better than this? So it had been going on and getting worse. And I think I got to the point where I was afraid that it was going to turn into something more physical um and it it did in in some way as far as I had something thrown at me one night and I was I mean it wasn't thrown directly at me but in your general direction yeah right Right. and I was like this this isn't really okay and he said some other horrible things Mm -hmm. uh that same same night and Mm -hmm. I just decided like I've I've had enough of this I Mm -hmm. think before that too I'd kind of I'd already realized that this was not Mm. a good situation for me to be in, Mm. but I don't know, something kind of feels as if it changed inside me. Maybe I started loving myself a little bit more. (laughs) So, so how did you become like, what was the effect on you? What, what impact did that relationship have on the person you became? Ah, I essentially lost myself completely. I became something. Well, I didn't recognize myself anymore. Mm. I had nothing really that I was passionate about. I lost a lot of things. My friends, I was not 
passionate about traveling anymore which is something that I've always been so passionate about it it Mm. kind of then became like oh is he gonna want to come with me um it started to take a toll on on my relationships with family members and things because Mm. you know he just didn't like them or he was Mm. trying to put some kind of wedge between us um so yeah it really it changed a lot of things about me that I guess were quite you know prominent parts of me yeah so it sounds like that relationship really broke every other relationship that you had especially the one with yourself yeah absolutely I I was looking in the mirror and I was like I don't know who I am I don't know who I want to be Mm. and and that's a pretty sort of scary place to be Mm. so so you decided one day enough how how did you do that what did you have to call on within yourself to even do something about it because people were listening to this will go oh my god this is me this is my story how did you do it Mm. uh it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done (laughs) um I'm someone who always has a bit of anxiety so the anxiety was definitely heightened with this whole process so I essentially just made the decision and then I chickened out a few times we had a couple of conversations about it where I just said look I'm not at all happy Mm. um and you know you go through the process where they're like let's try and fix things and of course it's not fixable but you know I thought I'd give him the respect to to at least try yeah um so yeah it kind of it went on for probably a couple of months before I actually could cut ties with him okay so how did you do it mm, so I just had the conversation and said look this this is it I'm done I can't do it anymore please just let me let me be (laughs) I don't want to get back with you so please don't try and yeah I mean obviously it was a very long conversation there was a lot of tears and it hurt Mm. um but yeah I feel like it was just something that had to be done and so how did you expedite that were you living together at the time or no thankfully we weren't living together I had done everything within my power to make sure that didn't happen because Mm -hmm. you know I knew this was not a situation that I really wanted to be in and I kind of always felt as if it wasn't safe for me to live with him and by saying that I I wasn't so much that I was afraid of him hurting me physically I was more afraid of what it would do to me mentally if I was you know with this person yeah so Liv Mm. you clearly put up some pretty solid boundaries to ensure that there was never going to be a reunion or reconciliation. Mm. How did you go about rebuilding and rediscovering or reconnecting with your true self? Uh, I did quite a few things. Uh, So before I go on with that, I probably should mention that it definitely was not an easy process going Mm -hmm. through, you know, the whole breakup Mm. Um, I was probably surprised that he did respect those boundaries that I'd set in place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then when he did, I guess I also felt like 
what's going what? on <laughs> can I trust this side yeah. <laughs> yeah like what's gonna happen next so I kind of was again living in a bit of fear because it was all unknown and yeah I was not in control of the situation I'd, I'd put in place my you know rules mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but whether or not he was going to follow them was yeah, yeah totally I mean, out of my hands mm. but yeah it definitely was hard as far as I went through probably the toughest uh, 12 months of my life following that breakup so how did you use that 12 months so I got to the point where I had to go and get some therapy mm -hmm. Uh, I very early on, I felt like I had gotten some control over the situation. I felt like I was living my best life. And then it kind of all came crashing down. And I got to the point where I was like, I'm not getting better. I'm, I feel like I'm constantly getting worse. So I went and got some therapy. Did How did you know? Like what, was the, what were the symptoms or the signs? Oh, uh, Again, it was like I'd, I'd lost myself again. I felt like in the early days of the breakup, I'd found myself a little bit, but then it all came crashing down and I lost my memory. <laughs> uh, I was getting lost when I was going to places that I'd been, you know, a million times before. I was really not functioning at all. I mm. was finding odd things in the fridge that I was putting there. So a bit absent-minded, absent really. Oh, it was like there was nothing going on in my mind. That was kind of what I was quite worried about because I've always been a very sharp person and, you know, with the work that I do and everything, I have to be on top of things. Mm. But so I was, you realised some strange behaviours and thought, oh, well, I better get some help. Yeah, some strange behaviours and also... I was definitely experiencing a depression and for me that wasn't feeling sadness or anything like that. It was feeling numbness and feeling absolutely nothing. Mm. Like I think you could have told me the worst news in the world and I just yeah. had no reaction mm. to it. Yeah. So I was kind of experiencing that and I just realised that that wasn't going away. Mm. You know, like I, I was feeling this for weeks and weeks at a time mm. and I was like, I can't live, live like this anymore. Like it so, had been probably a month before I actually did go and so probably more actually. And I was like not really working or working the bare minimum. You know, I like lost my work ethic, basically mm. my passion for work, yeah. uh, all of those things. So it was a bit of a tough time. So it sounds like you went through quite a grieving process and mm. I'm curious about the rebuilding. Describe mm. how you journeyed back to you. Yeah, so it was, again, quite a process as far as, you know, there was a few different steps that I think that really all came together and helped. Um, one of them was the therapy that really helped. I did a lot of personal development. One of those being coaching with you, that, that also helped a lot. How? I think it just it gave me strategies that I had not really used before, things like journaling and, and reflecting on things and kind of apologising to myself for letting things go the way that they had because I did blame myself a lot for mm -hmm. everything that had happened. 
us carrying a lot of shame. So it was good to kind of get rid of that. And the other thing that I did was um, I really started to connect back with the things that brought me a lot of joy. Mm. So whether that be, you know, putting on a bright, colourful outfit or doing my makeup and hair in the morning because I don't have to, I don't go anywhere. Mm. Um, Or the, the thing that probably made the biggest difference for me was actually I went on an overseas holiday and I went by myself. So it was really nice to have that time by myself. And I think I mentioned earlier, you know, traveling is something that I am so passionate about. Mm. And in fact, I'm quite obsessed with it. Mm. Um, so going and doing that, yeah, it just kind of reminded me what it's like to feel normal again. Yeah, well, feel yourself again because yeah. I know that you did a lot of work in, you know, defining your core values and aligning your life, your thoughts, your words, your actions and decisions in harmony with those values and part of that is definitely travel and there was a lot of emotional healing in just facing your truth and and telling yourself the truth about what actually happened and then actually forgiving yourself for Mm. tolerating so much and now making a commitment to yourself in terms of the life that you wish to lead yeah absolutely Mm. and and you you mentioned the the values and and whatnot I I think that that was one of the best things that I did Mm. as far as working out what my values are and where they lie really really helped me uh, determine kind of again what brings me joy and what makes me feel like me Mm. because when I acknowledged those things you know it really helped me remember like oh I'm, I'm not feeling the best today what is it that I'm not kind of ticking off Mm. from my values so whether it's that I'm not connecting with people or my family or Mm. or that I'm not having enough fun Mm. um yeah that really really helped so Liv how much has your life changed now it was unrecognizable while you were in that relationship now you've you've been out of that for a period of time Mm. how how much has changed now I think just about every aspect of my life has changed, if I'm honest. Uh, and I did that quite intentionally as well as there was a lot of things that happened unintentionally. Mm-hmm. I've changed, I think I've changed the way that I look quite a lot. My physical body has changed because I feel so much lighter. I feel like the weight has been lifted from my shoulders. I eat completely differently. I dress completely differently. I've pretty much gotten rid of everything in my house that had any memory attached to it. Mm. Uh, I got a new car. I do different things than what I used to do. You know, I make friends more easily. And I'm, that's probably one of the biggest uh, takeaways that I've got from this whole thing is I've connected with some of the best people that I think I've ever had in my life. Mm. yeah well they often say there's a saying that says your vibe attracts your tribe and Mm. so you've done a lot of work to to change I guess your own vibration and your sense of self and as a consequence of that you're attracting more of that vibe towards you now yeah absolutely and and I'm loving it because when I went through this whole breakup process I did lose a lot of 
friends, you know, Mm. like I thought I had some great friends when I was in this relationship, Mm. but yeah, when I did cut ties with my ex, Mm. I essentially cut ties with all of them too. Not, not on my part, but I just never heard from any of them ever again, you know, like Mm. phone calls were ignored and Mm. and things like that so that hurt and that probably hurt a lot more than the actual breakup itself so when I was Mm. dealing with all this grief and emotion I think that I was also really grieving for those friendships that I lost as well absolutely because you can see growing up on on the farm you know that sense of tribe and community is so so important to you and Mm. in a way you didn't just lose one relationship you lost many however as a consequence now created a whole new tribe oh yeah and it's space I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything better like I've got the most amazing friends Mm. business is booming (laughs) my life just looks so different and so much better well your your smile is wider than I've ever (laughs) known it it's wonderful so so Liv you know to, to sum up what were the biggest lessons that you learned that could resource and assist our listeners? Um, I think the the things that I yeah really got a lot of benefit out of would be the therapy, the personal development, and just reconnecting back with those things that you are passionate about, you know, what gives you that joy. So yeah, connecting with those things. And my I guess my biggest piece of advice is that, you know, you don't have to put up with this kind of behavior if you're in a relationship like this whether it be a romantic relationship or it's just one of your mates if people aren't treating you right they don't deserve to be in your life I feel like being single is so much better than being in the wrong relationship and I never thought that you know I used to feel sorry for single people but now I'm like (laughs) I'm single (laughs) (laughs) some of the best people I know are single Josie so (laughs) I mean it's a cool club to be a part of (laughs) yeah and I guess one of the other things I'm hearing really if something doesn't feel right it's because it's not right Mm. and and really you've got to have the courage to first of all be honest with yourself and then secondly to take responsibility to Mm. create a safer better space for yourself yeah, absolutely. And when I, when I think about it, I definitely had all these warning signs and red flags, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't listening to them. You know, my intuition was kind of telling me, but I was pushing that aside. So, so I the think just of this story then, Liv, is what? Yeah, know when when you're feeling something is wrong, you need to listen to it because you know what's best for you, but mm-hmm. it's your choice whether you're going to listen to that or not. Exactly. Are there any other nuggets of wisdom, Liv, that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I think the only thing is that it gets better. You know, if you are in this situation, it may suck to go through the mud, Mm. but it gets better and life can be absolutely wonderful. Mm. Well, what an inspiration and true light you are, Liv. You've shown us that no matter what the circumstance, you really can rise and shine again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Josie. Now, if Liv can rise from a toxic relationship, so can you. Share your comments below and let us know what you liked about this interview. I hope it was helpful. 
help spread the love by sharing the link with your friends so that they too can rise and shine again. So until next time, remember, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond that counts. Shine on. Rise.